Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. Amen. All right, take your Bible now. That's wonderful. Amen. Thank you so much. And turn to Matthew chapter number 23. Matthew and chapter number 23 this morning. And uh, I uh, want to read uh, most of the, well, I want to read the entire chapter to you this morning and uh, preach to you this morning on closing the gates of heaven. I believe that many times we have a, a way of just shutting up the gates of heaven to people in and about us. And it's one thing to shut up the gates of heaven to those who may be out there and are lost and, and have no desire of being saved. But listen, when people are trying to be saved and because of things in our lives and because of our hypocrisy and so forth that we turn them away and, and do what Jesus said, we shut the gates of heaven towards them, I think this is wrong. All right, in Matthew chapter number 23, would you find your place and please stand, please. By the way, I didn't mention Mrs. Hines. She comes so much we almost claim her, but it's a joy to have you here today in the service. And she got on me a little while ago. She said, Preacher, I hadn't been here for a while, and you didn't come to see me. Well, we're going to get by. I promise you that. Patsy and I will get by and visit in your home. Been planning on that, but we appreciate you being here today. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Now you ought to remember that somewhere in your mind, if you don't have a pencil, you ought to in your mind underscore that. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feast and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to, the called of, and to be called of men rabbi, rabbi. And be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be you called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. You may be seated, and we'll continue reading in verse number 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! 
for ye compass the sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, you blind, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold of the temple that sanctifieth the gold, and whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing, but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift, whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it, and by all things thereon. And whoso uh, shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat, and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye make clean the outside of the cup, and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup, and flatter that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like uh, unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of, of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the days of our fathers, fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which kill the prophets." Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets, and wise men, and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues, and persecute them from city to city, that upon um, you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Barachus, uh, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Now, you've never heard any preaching. I told you this morning about uh, preaching on television and how America is crying out for uh, preaching against sin. 
But you know what America will quit crying out for is the sin that begins to, or the preaching that begins to sting them and to reach out to them. You know, we always want to talk about the drunks outside the church. And we, we always want to t- talk about the adulterers outside the church and the whoremongers outside the church and the uh, the thievery that goes on outside the church and the, the sin that is without our four walls here. Oh, we condemn the 7-Eleven and the shop of minute stores and all up and down the uh, the countryside for selling their pornographic uh, magazines and, uh, and all of this and 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 we we romp and stomp about this. But I listen, Jesus Christ, when he preached, Brother Frank, he preached to people where it hurt. I mean, he he talked about their uh, their cloaks of righteousness that they put upon them, and he talked about the sin that men have down deep in their heart. He uh, he talked about jealousy and strife and envy, and, and he talked about uh, the kind of sin that your neighbor may not be able to see all the time, but it's there in the heart. And he condemned hypocrisy. And he preached against that crowd that was uh, so religious, but they had no compassion, no feeling within themselves. But now notice when he comes down um, to this, uh, to the end of this sermon. And by the way, this sermon here is a great sermon. Amen. Everything that Jesus did was great. No doubt about that. But this is a tremendous sermon. I think probably to be compared with the Sermon on the Mount and um, there he was giving the Beatitudes and the blessings of God upon the, the people of God there. But in this instance here, he's changed from the uh, blessings and the Beatitudes. And now he comes, and I believe it's eight times. I'm not sure, but I believe eight times in this chapter here, he makes a scathing attack upon the Pharisees, and uh, he makes accusations against them. And I believe they're well-founded accusations. I know they are. But when he comes down to the end of it, Brother Bob, now he comes down to the, uh, the, the tenderness of his heart. And that's where we're lacking in our preaching today. Many preachers get up and they make an attack upon people and they, they open up their hides, so to speak, and skin the hides off of them. But uh, they don't have the, the compassion and the warmth and the tenderness and, and the, the, the empathy that Jesus uh, had with uh, the people, and he comes down to verse number 37, and he says tenderly, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now I want you to look back at verse number uh, 13. And it says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Our Father, we pray that you might bless, and I pray, dear God, that you would help us, and Lord, in every way now uh, to be pleasing to you. Lord, I I just trust that uh, uh, you'll speak to hearts, and conviction might come upon hearts today, 
And, Lord, that we'd be drawn very close to you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. Now, these Pharisees claim to have the key to heaven. And, uh, by the way, we claim to have the key to heaven. Amen. I claim to have it this morning. I have the gospel that has been committed unto me. And the only way you'll get to heaven is by belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know we need to preach the whole counsel of God, and we try to do that. I've got messages up here that I've preached uh, from the cross to, to, to Freemasonry and everything that's in between there, every kind of cult, every kind of sin that you can name. And uh, we've preached on, on some of the deep doctrinal truth of God's Word but I'm telling you, the most uh, important thing that's ever been preached from this pulpit or will ever be preached here in the future is simply the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the key to heaven. And we have it within our uh, grasp today. And, and I want to tell you something that is sinful and wicked and hellish as hell itself is to have a remedy for sin and not share it with the sinner. Now that is wrong and it's sinful and wicked and we'll give an account unto God Almighty one day for the way in which we did not serve him through Emmanuel Baptist Church. Listen, in verse number uh, 38 of Matthew 23, there's almost uh, uh, seemingly uh, a divine abandonment of these people here. When Jesus says, Behold, your house is left desolate. I want to tell you something, friend. You listen to this preacher this morning. We've been commissioned to go out and preach the gospel in all the world. Amen. I mean, that's our commission. That's not to somebody down the road. It's to us. We're the ones that's to go out and knock on doors. We're the ones that's to go out and tell people that wonderful old love story that Jesus, God loved them and sent his son Jesus and he died on the cross and paid their sin debt for him. I'm saying to you, listen, the preaching of Jesus was always worded plain and simple, and that's the way we ought to do it. The Bible says the common people heard him gladly. Amen. That's a, he came to seek and to save those which were lost, the Bible says, and they received him. His heart, his preaching was, was, with, was gracious and tender, but I want you to know something else. The preaching of Jesus had power and authority behind it, the Bible says in Matthew 7, 29, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribe. Listen, what we need today and what this world is in the need of is preachers that will stand and not compromise and preach the unsearchable riches of God's grace and call sin what it is and name it. But they also to have tenderness and compassion and some graciousness about them. When I was in South Carolina, Miss Burr, I got mean, didn't I? I mean, listen, I, I got so mean uh, that my own family couldn't hardly live with me. I mean, listen, if you didn't, if you didn't cross your T's and dot your I's exactly like I did, I couldn't have anything to do with. Couldn't have any fellowship with you at all. I just. Uh, if, if people didn't believe exactly like I believed, I said, listen, there's a door back there, and, and don't let it hit you in the backside on the way out. And bless your heart, there's a lot of them leaving like flies. I mean, they're going away. 
And uh, I finally dawned on me one day, listen, it's all right. It's all right to preach against sin, and we need to, and we ought to, but bless your heart, we need to put a little salve in every now and then. We need to let people know that we care about them and let them know that we're not mad at them. I, I believe people's going to hell, but I'm not glad about it. I used to preach on hell. I'd preach on hell. And somebody told me one day, and said, Brother Bill, you preach so hard and so strong and so long on hell that sometimes it almost seems as if you're glad that the world is going to hell. That's not true. We don't need that kind of preaching. We need some preaching that is tender and compassionate. Now, in Matthew 23, I want to give you five, five ways that any Christian here can also be guilty of shutting up the gates of heaven. Number one, you might want to write this down in the margin of your Bible. By lip service only. In verse number three, Jesus said, All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. In the book of James, it says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Jesus was talking about these same folk in Matthew 15 and 8 when he said, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I mean, listen, they had lip service, but their heart wasn't in it. We, we have a lot of people today like that. I mean, folk come to church and sing, oh, how I love Jesus and I'll go anywhere you want me to go, and their heart's not in it at all. They don't, they don't want to go. It reminds me somewhat of a of a little old lady I heard about, and every time the, the, the preacher would preach on something on, 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 uh, on prayer meetings at night, uh, the next service that rolled around and testimony time would come, she'd always get up and testify uh, that, Preacher, I aim to do what you preached on this past week. If he was preaching on tithing, she'd always get up and say, Now, I aim to start tithing here at this church. If they're talking about uh, uh, praying, she is always aiming to pray. If she was talking, preacher was talking about soul winning, she is always uh, aiming to go soul winning, winning people to Jesus. If he's talking about reading the Bible, studying the Bible, she is always getting up and talking about aiming to read the Bible. And one testimony meeting, she got up and uh, stood to give her testimony. The preacher interrupted. He uh, he said, "Now, Miss So and So said you've been in this church for twenty years." And said, you've been aiming to do what I've been preaching on for 20 years. Said, you've been aiming to pray, aiming to read your Bible, aiming to go soul winning, aiming to tithe, aiming to sing in the choir, aiming to teach Sunday school. He said, bless your heart, honey. He said, you've had your gun cocked for 20 years. Said, quit aiming and just go ahead and let her rip and shoot that gun. Now, we need some people that'll just quit aiming and just come on and get into the strap and into the battle and quit saying what they're going to do and go ahead and begin to get busy and do some things for God. I've seen people go off to school. They go away to school. Listen, it took faith 
for me to go to Bible college. I loaded everything I had on a on a, a trailer. Didn't even have a covered trailer to put it in. Just open back there. Had a piece of canvas uh, put over. And it took faith for me to load my family up and go away to Bible school. But I want to tell you something. It didn't take near as much faith to go to Bible school as it did to leave there and go out and begin uh, to preach and to uh, call myself or uh, be called a pastor in the community. It takes faith to do that, and a lot of people can't. They just stay in school, you know. And it comes time for them to graduate. They say, well, I, you know what I believe I'll do? I believe I'll go and get the fourth year. And they get the fourth year, and then they come back and say, you know, I don't believe I'm ready yet. I believe I'll go back and I'll get a master's degree. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the cemetery and get me a, a master's degree. And uh, then I'm going to be ready to, to go out and preach. And they said, uh, and then after they get that, they said, well, you know, I kind of like the cemetery. I believe I'll stay here a little while longer and I'll just go on and get me a doctorate. And before you know it, they've been going to school for, now I know I said cemetery, but I, that's what most of them are. Amen. They are just dead as they can be. And there's been many, a good man who has been ruined by staying around the schoolhouse too long. You ought to get out, get into the battle, and start doing something for God. I have heard people promise everything under the sun to God. I've been in the hospital before when people would get sick. And they'd go there and I'd talk to them. They'd say, oh, preacher, if God will get me out of this hospital, if I can ever get off of this sick bed, I promise you one thing. I'll be in church every Sunday. You can depend on me. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I'm going to start going on visitation. And bless your heart, preacher, I've been hoarding up some of God's money and I've been stealing his tithe. And when I get out of the hospital, I'm going to go to the bank and borrow all that money I stole from God and I'm going to put it back in the church. Just promise God everything. Just lip search. I'll do this and that. But they don't ever get out and get into the battle and get out there and serve God. You'd, you'd be, listen, you'd be surprised <laughs> at how many hitchhikers we have right here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. How many hitchhikers? You say, Brother Bill, now you're going to get mean. Now, no, I'm not mean. I'm just telling you, you'd be surprised at how many people will sit here in the hot summertime and come in and enjoy the air conditioner and never give any money to pay the bill. I mean, they come around and, and, and they'll enjoy the, uh, the heat in the wintertime. Don't pay too much for it. Maybe throw in 50 cents, $5 every now and then, and uh, this sort of thing. Listen, that's the way it was years ago when you used to hitchhike. Now, some of you young people, you don't remember this, but they used to have heaters. In automobiles. I mean, that wasn't standard equipment back when I was a boy. You had to buy one of those Arvin heaters. You remember? Put them in that little old red dot on the front. It gets you warm. Fellow was hitchhiking one day, and the car pulled over. He said, Hey, you got a heater? And the fellow said, No. He said, Drive on. I'll get somebody else. Now, that's what a hitchhiker, that's what I'm talking about. They just, they do a whole lot of talking, you know, but uh, they don't put much meat on what they're saying. I'm saying to you, you give me a handful of people that love God and hate sin and, and want to live for God and will be faithful to serve God. I'd rather have 15 like that than I had to have 150 of those folks that just all the time mouthing 
battle, folks. Amen. You say, preacher, my goodness, you're getting mean. You're going to run off the rest of this crowd. No, I hope I don't, but I, uh, the need of the hour is a little bit of doing in our doctrine. Amen. And, and uh, putting in a preaching and practice. Listen, the thing that Jesus did, he, he done and he taught. He put them together and they complemented each other. That's what we need. Amen. We don't need somebody to get up and talk about what he's going to do all the time. I'm the world's worst for that. Now, I've been preaching to you, but I'm man, I'm the world's worst. I might as well go and fess up. Amen. James says confess your faults one to another. I'm the world's worst for starting something and not finishing. Amen, this brother? That's right. I know that. And you got an assistant pastor just like me, Miss Trump. Isn't that right? Huh? I mean, listen, brother Buck, man, he do everything. He'll get something started. And he built some fine cabinets over here in the kitchen, but never did put your doors on the bed. Still got a hole over there inside the wall. And uh, I'm just saying, listen, you know what we need to do? We need to start practicing what we do and what well what we say. And we need to we need to follow through. Listen, I'm guilty, Brother Buck's guilty. And don't you sit out there and smile and grin at me this morning. You're just as guilty as I am. Amen, Miss Palmer. I mean, listen, I, she's all the time telling me about Brother Frank. He gets everything in an uproar. And then he said, Hey, I gotta run over here to Carl's house and see him for a little while and leaves Miss Palmer to tie all the loose ends Well that that's all right. But I'm saying, listen. Let's get into this thing and quit talking about what we're going to do as far as serving God and get busy in God's business. And then secondly, not only by lip service do we shut the gates of heaven, but I think also by indifference to human needs. Now the Bible says, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves would not move them with one of their fingers. And then this morning, if I had to come back here and open up both of these doors back here, just open them up wide, and you'd have thought I was pretty terrible if I said, hey, just bring it on in here, Patsy. Come on, and you see Miss Burst struggling, pushing that organ down that aisle, and I'm walking along in front of them and say, hey, bring, bring it right on up here now. Come on. And when she got down here, I said, come on, right over, we want to put it over here in this corner. Well, you know what you'd want to do? You'd want to, you'd want to run me off. You'd say, look at that sorry white man up there. Uh, he doesn't care one bit about his wife and about the burden that she has upon her. Listen, we do the same thing in the realm of the Spirit. We see our brothers and our sisters many times weighted down with the burdens and cares of this life, and, and, and we talk about it, and we, we say, well, we're going to pray for you, but we really don't put anything into action and try to alleviate any problems that they have. I'm telling you, friend, we need to care about people and we need to understand a little bit more about the need.